Hello, everyone. Welcome to Phil Cham Shanghai's Pinoy's podcast, where we get to know more about our Kababayans living in China. I'm your host, Josh, together with uh, Jeffrey. And today we are going to talk to Miss Bridget Duran Henshaw, who is remotely managing a hotel and a commercial property in the Philippines. So let's go ahead and start. Miss Bridget, so let's start with like some basic questions. When did you move to Shanghai and why? I moved in sh- to Shanghai 2012 because my husband was posted here. And then so after that, when she posted, were you doing something or you were just the the dutiful partner joining? <laughs> I, I am a very loyal trailing uh, okay. spouse, <laughs> of course, yeah. But on the side, I've always made it a point coming from corporate and then moving in, into like, you know, being uprooted from where your work was. Yeah, yeah. I've always... Had the inkling for business, so I always made sure that I was doing something on the side. Yeah, and that was an agreement that we had. I had with my husband already when when I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. To the listeners, as you know, we've officially recorded, but we had like a long chica session before we even started, <laughs> which was really more fun. So, Bridget, can you just share to our listeners? Like your earlier career highlights before you before I started before here. you started here, yes, okay. in Shanghai. Uh, so where do I start? Because if I start so long, then you <laughs> figure out how old I am. <laughs> Be strategic. Strategic. Uh, Be strategic. strategic. Okay. 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 So I used to work for advertising sales in yes. the Philippines, and then I ventured on to operations, uh, call centers, and opening up uh, offices. And then later on, um, when I decided to move over to being um, a business owner, one of the first things that I've opened or businesses that I opened when we moved to Singapore was to sell candles because I saw that the opportunity was there. When I was looking for big candles and good candles in Singapore, I didn't find any. So that was one of the quick importing, opening up um, an import company. And also it was, as you know, you've lived there. Singapore is such a good country to work with. Yeah. It was it's very transparent. I was able to open a company online in Siguro one day, one yeah, and a half days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can Way back then. That, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that was one, and that was very encouraging. So thankfully, and uh, after that, I uh, went into office design, and after that, I went into consultancy, and then after that, sorry, we moved to Shanghai. And then in Shanghai, I reconnected with an old friend and a colleague from PDI, and she was needing um, an editor in chief. She thought I was a good fit because it was mostly for marketing. It's not yeah. really um, like you know, it's not like a newspaper editorial. Yeah, yeah. So then, after about two years, the ownership of that publishing company changed priorities. So we were went separate ways. Yes, but then there was an opening to own it. Ah. So my colleague and I, we we became the publishers. Uh, after we became publishers, publishers, yeah, my my partner and I, we made a pact that this business will be family first. Mm. It's as if like it's by foresight. My partner had uh, issues with family, and she had to go back to the Philippines. So we decided to close shop. And then the opportunity to go full on into an, a family business, which is what I do now, mm-hmm. opened up, and we 
took the chance and that's what I'm doing now for two years. Interesting concept. Can you explain when you said this business will be family first? What does that mean? Uh, yes. So, you know how when you open up a business, there's a huge commitment from your time, mm. right? Mm. And sometimes people with young children would often have to make those kind of choices, hard choices. And my business partner and myself, we decided that we would both understand if should we be in a situation where we have to choose between the business and the family, we would always put our families first. Mm. So I guess, yes, this is a luxury that some people can enjoy. And, and I think it's also a state of mind, not just a luxury, it's a state of mind because you need to understand what you want out of that business. Is that going to be your bread and butter? Are yeah. you going to like toil 24 by 7 over it? Yeah. Or is yeah. it something that that you know is a good business idea, but then it's not necessarily the most important thing in your life. Yeah, I, I was about to ask since you mentioned that. So were there certain things that affected the business because of that choice or that decision between you and your business partner that it would be a family first? Do you, would you say that it impacted like the ability for the business to earn money? Yes. Okay. Definitely, okay. yes. So that's what I meant that maybe a simpler way to put it would be like, it's not money first, it's family first. And that's not easy to do, but you need to be able to be working with the right people to be able to stick to that kind of arrangement. So let's say financially, yes, obviously it didn't really give you more than it could have. But in terms of like the other things, what were like the benefits of doing that? Like what were the great things about mm. having that philosophy first? The great thing would be like, you can go on family holidays without any any kind of you know feeling bad about it because you're going to be leaving your 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 partner to be working more and i think it made us very fulfilled mm. as business owners yeah. it made us very productive you know and very honest about what we put into the business and the understanding between the two of us was fantastic. So this is like for me as a stay-at-home mom at one point, a perfect situation or a perfect arrangement to earn and at the same time not have the super pressure of knowing, not knowing that there is that choice. Mm. And the choice is very easy to make. There's not no no conflict. And it's such a progressive philosophy right the where you yeah. own a business where it's not driven by money but it's really more about family life balance and really yes. satisfaction yes yeah. yes yeah. because earlier in life i realized that at the end of the day it's what matters ayan my generation <laughs> <laughs> so but really in hindsight you yeah. would you would we all realize that that at the end of the day uh, family is the most i mean you know people are more important than anyone and, and anything you know the world. thing is sometimes it takes time you know yes. like you know that in your mind but you know it takes time and experience to yes. eventually mm -hmm. yeah. feel it it, it yeah. comes with maturity yeah. 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 and experience yeah. yeah i'm interested because in your bio that you shared with us uh, you you start it with i have been a training spouse for over 20 years and yet it seems like businesses like follow or like uh, yeah. opportunities for a job follows like how, how do you think this happens like you take pride in the fact that you 
you you're a training spouse mm. and then you decided to become like a full-time mom and but mm. all these opportunities <laughs> dropping yes. on your lap no no you see okay. opportunities okay. are Tell everywhere okay. you just know okay. how to look at it okay and it's not even where to look because they're everywhere it's really how to pick up what ticks you you know uh, i don't know if you read the book blink Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm a big fan of that. I'm like really like, oh, as I said, let's talk about my first business, a candle. Yeah. I mean, okay. simple candle, yeah. right? Yeah. So we just moved let's talk to, about that. Yeah. yeah. So we, we moved to Singapore and then, you know, like, you know, nesting, you want to make your house look nice. So I was looking for proper candles and I couldn't find them. I know from the Philippines we have, I don't know if you know the brands from before, Ayana Naman, Sareo, Sareo, you have Doc's Candles, you have a lot of fancy, big, beautiful candles made in the Philippines. They are aesthetically pleasing and they're good quality. And so I couldn't find them in Singapore. So I just said, actually, this is a funny story. Um, it was one of my first visits back to the Philippines. And then I bought a lot of these heavy candles. And it was, of course, I don't know, wait. limitation with, yeah. with the airplane so my husband was really getting annoyed with me with yeah. all my my candles and i was saying oh but like you know i can't find them in singapore you know and then he really told me then why don't you just bring them over and open up you know and sell them here and yeah. then i said oh blink blink <laughs> yes correct and then i said yeah actually why not mm -hmm. and so i explored the option and voila after like you know uh, i think it's a week And then I had oh. my first company because I also knew somebody who, who was uh, producing candles. So that kind of like just got your psyche going, yeah, oh, what yeah, else can I yeah, do? And, yeah. and then you, you, you realize you actually most of the time have, have your network in place to be able to propel you to go for something that maybe you think is and a And then did you business. start distributing the candles or was it like, you know, they bought directly from you? How was um, the... Well, I sold them at fairs in yes. Singapore. Actually, yeah. this was one of the other step into opening up my own business because the first time I went to an expat fair in Singapore, I spent so much money buying things that I know are available in the <laughs> Philippines for like one third of, or yeah, one fourth yeah, of the price. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I said, I don't want to be... the one spending. I want to be on the other side of the table, yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. uh, making money out of Business this. Businesswoman. Okay. Well, yes. But as I said, opportunities are, are there. And then the other thing that really caught my attention is you are, of course, from candle making, fair. Now you're a proud owner of a hotel. Yes, right? I am. You're a full-time yes. proud owner of a hotel. And I think the... You know, the other impressive thing about it is you're running it remotely. You're in Shanghai and your hotel is in, in Manila. So first, tell us more about the hotel, you know, the concept. Okay, so yeah. it's an old family hotel. My parents started it 27 years ago and they have started the business uh, just with a family. And later on, they opened up themselves to other investors. And then... Uh, and what's the name of the hotel? Oh, it's called Fernando's Hotel Fernando's in Sorsogon City. Yeah. Listeners, if yeah. you go to <laughs> Fernando's. Yeah, so it's very home style. We're one of the pioneer hotels in the city, so that is to our advantage. And uh, being the pioneer and old, that is also our disadvantage because then the property is old. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of upkeep that needs to be done. Yeah, we're a business hotel. Uh, it's about 37 rooms. 
And it's really super family style. You know, the first floor of the hotel opens up to the restaurant. That's how quaint it is and small. So it's not like a five-star hotel, okay? But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't need yeah, to be. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The market as well is okay with Correct. that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, given the situation right now, obviously you're um, remotely managing the business. So it, because of like the limitations that we have, how are things back home affecting the business, if you don't mind me asking? Mm, yeah, yeah. Good question. So everybody knows because of COVID, mm. uh, there's uh, definitely a, a lag in the industry. But then, because of COVID, it has also opened up different types of opportunities for, for accommodations. Give and take, it's still on the negative, yeah. but guests stay longer. So mm. there is some certain kind of bandwidth of sustaining the, the business. However, I know that this is not the case for everyone, so I don't want to say that this is uh, across the board like this, but... We are very well located, so I guess this helps us a lot. We're not isolated, and we are not a resort, so we are uh, people really come for a reason to the place. So if they're coming to the hotel, there's a reason for them to be in the city. Do current conditions change the way that you guys are running the business or like the business model right now because of like the restrictions and like the limitations of like people traveling? Oh, or are there adjustments? Oh, totally. Full on, full on. Like the COVID protocols for travel, you need to, you know, implement them. Uh, one of the biggest things that, that hinders us is like the 50% capacity rule. Mm. So, so obviously if, if somebody books a hotel for one night, we're basically losing two nights because yeah. the next day we can't rent out that room. And we don't want to because that's the correct way to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So we disinfect and then it's closed and then it's not going to be opened up for, for any occupancy until the next day. On top of that, you have all the safety health things that you need, you know, protocols that you need to follow. We have to actually uh, set up in an isolation room for guests there was a lot of um, mm. a lot of uh, requirements from DOT DOH and then the LGU local government and I must say I'm very impressed that they have these things in place you know and that they really come and they check and they certify you so they did their job pretty well very very impressive and I think it's also win-win to create a safer environment for the travelers as well as, you know, for the business owners as well. Yes, and the staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the staff. So, yeah. so one of the other things that I also kind of like it was a business decision was to to not open our, ourselves to a, as a quarantine hotel for everyone. Like, you know, so, mm. so we're pretty strict in our admitting of the guests. Mm. Yeah. And other than, you know, owning a hotel, you also here mm. mentioned your mall owner. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Has I mean, how has COVID affected the operation mm. or you know the business as and, well? And, and, and is yeah. this also in source of so, Yes. Yes. Mall? It's okay. it's actually connected. The, oh, okay. the, the okay. Fernando's Hotel and Fernando's Mall. So in the mall, we have a few tenants that are affected by COVID. We have one like a bingo, e-bingo, mm -hmm. and um, they were not allowed to open. So if your business was really restricted to open by the government or by the conditions, then, you know, we gave them a break for a certain discount for, for the month and stuff. But then the others, uh, they just 
mostly ask for deferred payments. Mm. So we were very relaxed in collecting rent. And that's very generous of you. Thank you. But <laughs> they are also very generous to us. We have tenants that have been with us for 27 yeah. years. Okay. So it's a give and take thing. So it's kind of like, I'm pretty lucky that way. I know that it's always not the same, but yes, we do have great tenants as well. Okay. Um, one of the things that you mentioned is that uh, you just dropped off your youngest child Aww. to university. And then, <clears throat> basing on your story, it seems like pretty soon there will be something that you would be doing again. Like, if, do you feel like, because you don't have your kids now that you need to take care of, which you can talk about them, by the way. <laughs> do you feel like there's going to be another project? I already did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I took up um, an office renovation uh, design uh, project leadership. So, wow. Um, I'm doing that. I'm, I just started last week. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> because when my second one went to university, I, I enrolled in a Mandarin uh, class in university, <coughs> also in university here. So I sinabayang ko start So when people like when their kids go to the university, right? They have empty nesters for you. Busy, but you know, busy yes, moms starting. Yes, because yeah. you know it's very difficult. All moms and parents, not just moms, but parents. You all know that, that when your kid goes, you know, it's gonna be yeah. like it's gonna be painful. It's like breaking up with your boyfriend. <laughs> so like, you had like your Chinese class. I had my Chinese. So can class. we do the a bit of the interview in Mandarin now? No, <laughs> no, no practice. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Mandarin class, and then you you said you're taking you know you're start you've started this office renovation project. Right. Yeah. So tell us more about that. So I opened up the new office in Singapore for my husband. Uh, and it's Scandinavian style. And we just, uh, I had some some prior experience with, with managing renovations and stuff in general, but it's not my profession. And then they needed help because to translate, to properly translate the, the European culture mm -hmm. over and design over to the, to the office. So I did that for, for them for free mind you, but for a good, like, you know, for a good experience as well. Yeah. And then, um, so now their Shanghai office also is starting to grow a lot and, and they needed to, to move to a new office. And then they again, ask for my help. Yeah. So, um, give or take, you've been out of the Philippines for 18 years, at least 18 years. Do you think that uh, with the three boys, is there something that has been ingrained in them that's like Filipino? I given, hope so. Given that they've been uh, out of the country for like 18 years or even more. And mm. what are those things? Okay, so I'll start with my eldest, who is actually here with me. And he is a member of the Philippine Chamber of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's art. Um, and um, so so because he he's actually working here, and he's very much Pinoy. Like he's so embedded mm. in the in the Filipino community wherever he 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 worked. Even in in when he was in Spain, he was full on in the community, the Filipino community, and and same like here. My second boy tried to go into the PBA. Ooh. So yes, there are Philipp so so. I mean, we go back to the Philippines two times a year, uh, when especially when we were just in Singapore and here, they, it's so close, right? And pre-COVID. So uh, they are very much Pinoy as much as they are third culture kids. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
So you prepare like Filipino food for them? Do yes, they know, do yes, they know how to prepare yes. What's food? your signature Pinoy dish? Longganisa. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Longganisa. Long. You make it or you buy it? I sometimes I make it. <laughs> Uh, but then it's so good here to buy in a lot. <laughs> Where? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, no need for the uh-huh. plug. If you need homemade, just get it from Bridget. No, 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 no. I don't sell it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Teasing you. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, adobo. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, as a Filipino, talking about traits and like values, what do you think are at least one? value that you think it helps you get into these situations wherein you thrive and also from the other spectrum like a trait that maybe it's uh posing as a challenge mm. uh, when it comes to like the things that you get yourself involved with i would say it would be being service oriented you know that is really embedded in our culture and that you can translate to any industry because um one of the things that we also instilled in the boys is that they should have a service work experience mm. in restaurants or mm. anything that is really like, you know, in touch with the customer. Because I believe that's one of the traits that you can carry with you in any kind of work, you know. Yeah. And once you have instilled good service, uh, customer service culture, that translates proportionally like as you grow. And then, you know, I, I want to go back to you running a hotel remotely. You know, we are a Philippine Chamber of Commerce. Business is very important. I just wanted to get your insights and experience in terms of what are the, I guess, watch outs or, mm. you know, like organizational skills mm. that you need to do, mm-hmm. particularly running a business remotely. Yeah. Yeah. Patience, I think, mm-hmm. would be number one. Yeah, patience, because then there's always a delay of information, the delay of feedback, uh, also a little bit of being very thorough, yeah, and, and really to set up good operational controls mm. so that whatever you're trying to implement in your operations, you can easily measure them and see if they're uh, properly implemented because you're not there on site to actually really see if that's how it is being performed, right? Mm. Uh, So (coughs) patience is number one. Choosing the best team or a good team, a a trustworthy team on site, wherever that would be, whatever kind of business that would be, is very important. And as you said, that's also very difficult to to actually, uh, that's one of the challenges that you might come across. And then, of course, now everybody zooms, right? So yeah. yeah, the ability to be able to, to to do that is 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 important. Yeah. And then, okay, I have one cheeky question for you, right? Because I used to have like a few hotel clients, and the motto of you know the customer is always right, right? <laughs> Being a hotel operator, right? Mm-hmm. Can you share? Either an odd request or a very difficult client that you had to deal with or some like emergency. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of experience. And how did you deal with that? Okay. So this, uh, <clears throat> I, I think one, one particular situation came, comes into mind. Yeah. I just uh, took over the hotel operations and then one uh, customer gave us a super bad feedback 
in on online but uh-huh. but to be fair to this customer he was absolutely correct he was he was complaining about things that were really not in place and are unacceptable and also to give credit to him he actually wrote to us privately but through the the online uh, travel agency uh-huh. uh, platform a booking f- platform but private the message was private so you could see that he wanted to give the feedback so that we would have a room for improvement correct, yeah. uh, to be able to correct mm, it properly. Mm. And he was still staying for with us for like a long longer time. Yeah. But we so got good the good intent. Very good intent. Yeah. Very well intended mm. customer. Yeah, so yeah. so of course, you know, that that kind of pinged me immediately and then I tried to to get to the bottom of the issue mm-hmm. uh, to understand how 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 things transpired. And this is when I said patience really comes in handy because this is what you need to do. And to do that remotely requires some kind of like zen. You have yeah. to be a little bit zen. You have to be a little bit like, you know, open-minded. And so, and not react too much to little bits of information because you can't see the whole picture from, mm-hmm. from afar. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were able to explain to our guests that completely admitted that it was unacceptable. And we were able to turn him around and he gave us a very good review oh online. that's nice and so this was a happy ending there's some not very happy endings i'm sure like in any business. like in anything in right anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 one last thing miss bridget any tips even just one for our fellow filipinos on how to strive in china or in this case since you have experience somewhere else anywhere in the world open-mindedness uh, pliability Pliability is very important, you know, adaptability. And be true to who you are, you know. Being true to who you are, wherever you will be, you will shine because that's who you're supposed to be. Okay. Uh, That's a lot of nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much. So there you have it, guys. Thanks again, Ms. Bridget, for joining us today. We enjoy having you with us. And hopefully our fellow Filipinos have learned from the source you have shared and inspire them to make it happen here in China or anywhere. So before we let you go, is there something that you would like to plug or like something that you are advocating for that you would like um, our listeners to know about? New projects, like uh, maybe for your business? Uh, no, just, you know, support Phil Champ. Salamat. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, don't forget where you come from. Yeah. I that would that probably point, yes. that would probably be the most important thing and help help if you can mm. well for our listeners if you new listeners if you would like to know more about Phil Cham Shanghai and how to join you can follow our official WeChat account Phil Cham Space SH or visit our website www.philcham.org before we say goodbye we would like to thank Miss Bridget for, for this you're welcome my pleasure chat and for Oasis Business Center for this space. So join us again next time on Pinoy's, where we get to know more about our Kababayans working and living in Shanghai. So once again, this is Jeff. And this is Josh. Maraming salamat po.